Welcome to the Bridgeway Community Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. To learn more about Bridgeway, visit our website at bridgeway.cc. To watch this and all of our sermons, visit our YouTube channel and be sure to subscribe while you're there. For sermon notes, click the link in the description. Today, our founding and senior pastor, Dr. David Anderson, continues a sermon series entitled Revival, and today's message is called Fresh Wind. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's sermon. Praise the Lord, Bridgeway. So glad that you are here today online, wherever you are, in your kitchen, hopefully not in your car, depending on the weather, uh, with ice and snow or whatever. I'm just glad uh, to be able to be in your homes and to be in your life today. We are in the second installment of a three-week series this new year called Revival. Last week, I preached on Living Water. Next week, I'm going to preach on new wine. But today, we're going to talk about fresh wind. That's right, fresh wind. Now, before I open in a short word of prayer and get started, let me give you some announcements. First of all, what you might not know is that we're going to be changing our service times. And so if you're in Columbia, Maryland, you're going to need to listen to this. If you're at Owens Mills campus, listen to this, because starting on January the 23rd, Uh, We are going to have our State of the Church address, and the service times in Columbia are going to be 8 a.m. and 9.45 a.m. Currently, it's noon, but we're going to scrap that, and the main service you're going to want to come to is at 9.45 a.m. Now, if you want to come at 8 a.m., understand that that's going to be a broadcast service, meaning the kind of service we're doing right now. So you'll be more like a studio audience, but it won't necessarily be like the 945 where we have a live audience. I'm talking directly to you uh, in the audience. So plan on coming at 945 in Columbia starting on January 23rd. And if you want to be a part of a studio audience, feel free to come at 8 a.m. You're more than welcome. Now, what about Owens Mills? I am going to get in the car after the two services in Columbia and head up to Owens Mills. Their new service will begin, write this down, 1130. So we're an hour later, it used to be 1030, but starting January 23rd, it'll be 1130, and that will give Owens Mills an opportunity to have me and whatever preacher is preaching on that Sunday to be live all right, and, uh, and then in the future, we'll see what happens depending on uh, the growth in Columbia, the growth in Owens Mills, and whatever God's Spirit is doing uh, at the time. But I wanted to announce those service changes. So write it down. January 23rd, 8 a.m., 9.45 a.m. in the Columbia campus, and 11.30 a.m. Owens Mills, Ricestown campus. Also, the State of the Church address will be on that day. Uh, January the 23rd, and we'll be opening up the rest of our campus, the rest of our building that's been under renovations for about a good year now in Columbia. So feel free to bring your children uh, for Bridge Kids. We're hoping everything will be inspected and done by that time. And if for some reason it's not, we'll make sure to let you know. Now, after all of those announcements, let's bow in a word of prayer and ask God to be with us now. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity you give us to grow and to change and to shift. And even as we think about your wind and how it shifts and how it changes things, we ask, Lord, that we would be able to move with it. And so we commit today's sermon to you now in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Do you love the feeling of fresh air? (laughs) You know that air outside that smells so fresh and so clean, clean. That sense of, hmm, 
I've been in a smoke-filled room. Oh, you know what that's like? Being in a smoke-filled room, a bar, a nightclub, or a house party that's full of people and you can't wait to get outside when you can get that breath of fresh air. You know what I'm talking about. You can almost taste that fresh air. Oh, my bad. Y'all are church folk. You don't know nothing about nightclubs or bars and definitely nothing about smoke-filled rooms. My bad, my mistake. Well, just think about it like you see in the movies when uh, you sort of identify with what the preacher's talking about now, but you don't really know what he's talking about in your own heart. Oh, here's a more spiritual example. How about a 30-hour revival when you're inside with a bunch of people and you're singing and worshiping and praising and praying, lifting up the holy hands to almighty God? How about that? Even then, when you walk out, you want that fresh air. You see, there's nothing like fresh air. Whether it's a house party or a Holy Ghost party, we're all in need of fresh air, regardless of the venue or its purpose. The need for fresh air cuts across color and class and culture and denomination and age. I mean, if you're living, if you're breathing, you are in need of fresh air. In fact, you appreciate it when it happens. Can I tell you a story of one ministry trip I was on? I had a traveling team with me, and we were traveling somewhere on the eastern shore of Maryland. And there was this one time the team and I were in a car together, and, well, suddenly we began to smell a unique odor rising in our midst. Even though this was a church group, I can assure you that the smell wasn't the incense of the Holy Spirit. In fact, It was quite unholy. (laughs) Well, what do you say in those situations? It wasn't something that was loud or identifiable, but clearly someone in the car, well, let's say, broke wind. (laughs) Have you ever heard that phrase before? I mean, if there were a name of a show for this particular scenario, we could have titled it Breaking Bad. (laughs) I'm just saying, it was like someone did it. Someone cut the cheese, passed gas, broke wind. Okay, I'll stop there. But I'm going to tell you, everyone could smell it. Now, of course, I wouldn't tell you who was in the car because, you know, Dante Shepard would be upset that he was the driver. But I'm sure that those that were there, who knows who did it? People nonchalantly started cracking their windows. Do you call that out, or do you just kind of sit there silently and suffer? Well, you know those silent ones can be deadly. Well, in this particular situation, someone called it out. Then we all start accusing one another, and it was quite comical. Well, until the team started agreeing and unifying their position and trying to persuade everyone else that it was me, the pastor. Like, how dare they? I mean, well, it could have been me. I can't confirm or deny that it was me or not. But what I can say is as a man of the cloth and as an anointed servant of God, uh, an esteemed clergyman, surely if it was me, would not it have smelled like heavenly roses and angels' breath? (laughs) Well, all jokes aside, there is nothing like clean, fresh air, and sometimes you roll the window down and say, please, Lord, bless me, bless me. But understand, there's a difference between air 
a gentle breeze, and a straight-up powerful wind. Air is something we breathe. A breeze is something we feel. But wind is a powerful force of air that moves us. It's a force that can create chaos and destruction when it blows. Last week, we talked about water. But today, I want to talk about wind. And can you think of a passage or two where you see water and wind together, water and waves together? Well, I immediately think about Mark chapter 4, right around verses 35 and 41. You know, that passage where the disciples are out on a boat and Jesus is sleeping in the stern and the wind begins to blow and the waves begin to, to roar up and they wake up Jesus and say, don't you care? Jesus gets up. He rebukes the wind. He says, peace, be still. Peace, be quiet. And then the winds and the waves just settle. And you get to the end of the story, and in Mark 4, 41, it says, they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. See, we learn in this story that the winds were out of control and they were terrifying. But we also learn that as, as the disciples were in the midst of that, the winds and the waves came under the command in the commanding voice of Jesus. So that's one passage where I think about winds and waves coming together. There's another passage where I think about wind and water coming together, and I would find that and invite you to go to John chapter 3. Maybe you're familiar with John chapter 3. It's the story of Nicodemus, where he comes to Jesus by night to have a conversation about the eternal kingdom and eternal life. Now, remember, last week we were in John 4. Next week we're going to be in John 2. So this is John 3. So you could think of it like a Bible study in John 4, 3, and 2. We're just doing it, we're just doing it backwards. But when you get to John chapter 3, when Nicodemus is asking Jesus, what does it take in order to inherit eternal life? Jesus tells him that you must be born again. And then Nicodemus is saying, well, how can you be born again? Again, we've already been born of our mother, and surely we can't go back and be born a second time. And this is what Jesus says in verse 5 of that passage, John 3, verse 5 and following. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is, listen, born of water and the Spirit. Verse 6, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at me saying, you must be born again. In verse 8, it continues, the wind blows wherever it pleases. This is what Jesus is saying. And he says, you hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So Jesus is saying, Water and spirit. What is water? A person is born, a woman's water breaks. Flesh gives birth to flesh. That's the first birth. But if you want to have eternal life, you have to be born a second time. That's spiritual birth. And we talked about it last week. If you're born once, you'll die twice. But if you're born twice, you'll only die once. You'll die physically, but you won't die spiritually. And what Jesus was trying to teach Nicodemus is even though you were born once physically, you will still die spiritually unless you're born again. 
spiritually. And how does that work? It's a spiritual birthing. Just like flesh gives birth to flesh, spirit hits spirit and brings birth to it. All right? Spirit, the spirit of God, hits your dead spirit, the spirit of man, and together brings life to you spiritually. And so that's what it means to be born again. But what's interesting is that Jesus likens the movement of the spirit to wind. And he says the wind blows wherever it pleases. So only God knows whose spirit he's going to hit for salvation. But on top of that, he also says something I think that is unique about wind. He says, you hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. Sound. Hmm. Something about wind and sound. See, in the last passage in Mark chapter 4, you see the terrifying nature of the wind blowing the waves on the boat, and Jesus rebukes it. Here in John chapter 3, you see this unpredictable nature of the wind, and it's likened to the Holy Spirit. But we also observe that there is a sound that is identified with the Spirit. There's something about wind and sound. Hmm. Let me take you to one other passage. So this will make the third uh, and final passage that I want to turn to when we think about the wind. And in a sense, the first two were dealing with wind and water coming together. But I want you to notice in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, right before there was a, a movement of God's spirit where the gospel could be heard in any language and people were hearing the gospel in their own languages and there was a speaking in tongues and there was a, the power of the spirit bringing the birth of the church to being. We talked about the birth of one spirit. Now we're talking about the birth of the church that would collectively bring us together to worship in spirit and in truth. And so remember, the Holy Spirit hits the human spirit to bring life. But now the Holy Spirit's going to come down and hit a lot of human spirits and thousands of people are going to get saved. And collectively now they're going to be known as the called out ones, the ecclesia, the church of Jesus Christ. And it says in chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, there were all together, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Think about that. Suddenly, a sound what kind of sound? Like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Let's review these three passages. I'm building something here. Listen to me. In Mark chapter 4, you see the terrifying nature of the wind. In John chapter 3, you see the unpredictable nature of the wind blowing like likened to the Holy Spirit. And here in Acts chapter 2, you see the sudden sound of the Spirit's movement like a rushing wind. Here's, here's my point. There is something about wind and sound, and there is something about the Spirit and sound. And in John 3 and in Acts 2, likened to the Holy Spirit, the wind marks the movement of the sound. The wind is marking something. What is that about? With regard to the wind, think about it like this. 
when you hear it, you respect it. When you hear wind, you fear it. Respect it. You see, you don't hear air. You don't hear a breeze. But you hear wind. And when you do, you don't just ignore it and say, well, pass the sugar. Serve the next tennis ball. You take note. You pause. You begin protecting yourself, maybe even running for cover. You see, wind has a sound, and the Spirit of God has a sound. And in John chapter 3, the Spirit blew in whatever way it wanted as it relates to salvation and being born again. In Acts chapter 2, the disciples were gathered in prayer, and the Spirit suddenly came upon them from heaven, filling the whole house. Hallelujah. Look what happens when God's people gather together in the house of God. From heaven to the house, the Spirit of God moved from heaven to the house. And when he did it, he did it suddenly. You see, if we want God to fill our house, then we must come together in prayer and in praise. You see, God can bring heaven down to fill our house. And we witnessed this at our 30-hour revival, especially in the last two to three hours, did we not? Maybe that's why the scripture says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. You see, the spirit has a sound. And just like wind, you can't see it. You can hear it and then see the effect of it when it hits the trees or when it goes through the window of one side of a car to the next side of the car, or whenever it hits any vessel, that's when you actually hear the sound of wind. It needs a vessel through which to hit in order for a sound to come out. Maybe that's why they call those instruments woodwinds. It takes the wind of one's windpipe in order to create a sound through a vessel. Maybe the Holy Spirit is saying that if you will allow yourself to be my vessel, if you would hear that I am moving in through your home and in through your finances and in through your marriage and in through your morality and in through your relationships, that there is a sound that can be created that would carry your life to another dimension. You see, once you hear, it's then that you understand. And once you understand, it's then that you comprehend. Speaking spiritually, you must hear the Lord at a deeper level. Then you will understand him at a deeper level. And then you will comprehend him at a deeper level. You see, if you stay at an air level, you'll never really hear the Spirit. If you stay at a breeze level, you'll feel the gentle breeze, but you'll never really feel the power of the Holy Spirit moving you. But when the power of the Spirit is moving and you're tuned in at a deeper level, you'll be able to see things that you've never seen before. 
But you said, hang on, pastor, you're talking about hearing. Now you're talking about seeing. Which one is it? Well, friends, listen to me. Once you hear at a certain level, then you will see at a different level. I'm not talking about human ears or human eyes. You can be physically deaf and still hear spiritually just fine. You can be physically blind, but still see spiritually just fine. There are many people who can see physically, but they are blind spiritually. And there are many people who can hear physically, but they are deaf spiritually. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. This is why Romans 10, 14 says this. How can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? It goes on to say in verse 17 of that same chapter in Romans 10, faith comes from what? Hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. People get saved because of what they hear. And when the power of the Spirit is moving, they will be able to hear the wind of the Spirit. And maybe for the first time, after they've heard a hundred messages preached, after they've heard a hundred songs sang, this day, this moment, they hear the power of the Spirit like a rushing wind, like they've never heard before because their ears have been turned on. And this is why it says, how can they, how can they know unless they have a preacher? God brings faith to us, and that faith comes by hearing. Did you know that babies hear before they see? <laughs> babies can identify voices. Even when they come out, they know the daddy's voice, the mama's voice. They identify by hearing before seeing. Babies identify the sound around them first. And by the way, children learn language through hearing years before reading. Did you know that? Yeah, you can talk to a child, and they begin to understand you even before they can formulate their own words. Then they can formulate words, and they can speak English or Spanish or Chinese. They can speak you know, Tagalog. They can speak Swahili without ever reading. Why? Because they hear it first. And likewise, people become born again by hearing the message of God in their hearts. And God is calling you and me to be his voice boxes for the gospel. Because when we share Christ, God can use the rushing wind of the Spirit through our vessel so other people can hear the word of God. This is probably what it means when someone says, you know, I see what you're saying. Remember, you hear, then you understand, then you comprehend. Someone says, I see what you're saying. That phrase actually doesn't make sense when you think about it. No one can see the words that I'm saying. But the point of the expression is that you understand, you comprehend what's being said. If I say to you, you're ticking me off. You can hear and you can even understand what that means. Somehow I've made Anderson angry. 
But if you are hearing and listening deep enough, you will learn what it is that you're doing that's actually causing me to be ticked off. And once you get that, you've now elevated from understanding what I said to actually comprehending what I said. So therefore, you now see how your behavior triggers something. And so now you're not going to do that behavior again if you don't want to trigger anger inside of me. You see, once you elevate from understanding to comprehending, you can now say, I see what you're saying. When you hear at a deeper level, then you will see at a deeper level. And I believe that someone today is going to be able to hear God at a deeper level. I believe that right now in the midst of me speaking, you are starting to hear God at a dif different frequency. The power of the rushing wind of the Holy Spirit is creating a sound and you have respect for it today like you haven't had for, before. You, you have a, a sense of pause in your spirit today because you actually can hear at a wavelength that you haven't been able to hear before. I believe that as you tune your ear to God, you will be able to hear even in the silence. You will not only read God's word, but you will hear God's word. It will no longer be the logos of the word of God. You will hear the rhema of the word of God spoken to your spirit. And most of all, when we think of the powerful winds, I want you to think about the powerful force of the Holy Spirit and the nature of God sweeping away all of the controls that you have. You see, part of this idea of the spirit's movement the sound meaning that it's rushing through, not knowing where it's coming from and where it's going, is that our sense of control is lost. Any control freaks in the house? You don't even have to be a control freak. We all like control. None of us want to necessarily lose control. But such power when we come up in the midst of the wind of God, we become vulnerable and out of control to some degree, the exact thing that none of us wants. I mean, who wants to be out of control? No one. We all love to have control of our situations, to have control of our scenarios. That's normal. That's natural. But you'll never fly a plane like that. See, pilots can't see necessarily where they're flying as they go through storm clouds. In fact, oftentimes they're going through clouds they cannot even see in front of them very much at all. So then how is it that they can take this very, very heavy vessel with hundreds of people on it and be up 30 and 40 and 50,000 feet in the air, if not miles in the air, and then whoosh, fly? The reason they can do it it's because they are in connection with the air traffic controller who tells them, go up higher, go down lower, go to the south, go to the east, go to the west. In other words, they are communicating the pilot with the air traffic controller in order to get to their destination. And in a sense, that's how we have to live our life, that God is the ultimate air traffic controller. 
His spirit is the one that allows us to move from where we are to where he wants us to go. He is our divine GPS. And as long as we stay in contact with him, as long as we stay in communication and connection with almighty God, he will get us where we need to go even when we can't see our way. And when the powerful winds of God's spirit blow in our lives and through our lives and begin to sweep away all the things that we thought we could control, it becomes haunting, it becomes vulnerable, it becomes scary, it becomes unpredictable. But you know what else? It becomes absolutely spiritually exhilarating. And some of you have not had absolute exhilaration in your faith spiritually for a long time. And the reason why is because you don't want to fly at high levels and high dimensions because you can't see your way through. So you'd rather hold on to the wheel of a car and drive from point A to point B because at least you have control. I'm not dissing you. I'm just saying you'll never fly. Because in order to fly, you've got to let go. Just like the eagle. If I were to put my sermon in a sentence, if I were to say, hey, this is the one thing I want you to leave with, it would be this. You can write this down if you want. You can't control the wind, but you can adjust your sails. You can't control the wind, but you can adjust your sails. Remember Mark 4 when they were out on the boat in the storm? And disciples were out there wondering what's going to happen with this wind. And Jesus says in verse 41 of that chapter, Mark 4, you know, he says, peace be still. And then in verse 41, they say, who is this? (laughs) Even the wind and the waves obey him. You see, all nature ultimately is under God's authority. And while it is true that wind has a sound and wind recognizes that You know, it goes through different vessels that are available. The one thing you got to understand is that wind also recognizes sound. Wind makes sound, whoosh, but it recognizes sound. It goes, and then when God commands and speaks and says, peace, be quiet, then even the wind stops. So we must recognize the sound of the spirit, but remember the wind recognizes the sound of God himself. And when Jesus says, peace be still, even the wind and the waves obey him. Friends, as I bring the message almost to a close, I want you to remember that main idea. And that is, we can't control the spirit. We can't control the wind but we can't adjust our sails. So let me give you three ways you can adjust your sails. Three ways that you can get yourself in position. Does anyone want to know how they can be carried by the fresh winds of God's spirit? Three ways you can adjust your sails to be carried by the fresh wind of God's spirit. Are you interested in that? Why don't you say get in position? You see, you can't control everything in your life, but you can put yourself in position so that the Spirit of God can push you towards your destiny. So number one, adjust your sails by one, positioning yourself for obedience. Positioning yourself for obedience. 
again, in that verse in Mark 4:41, even the wind and the waves obey him. See, if you'll allow me to take some liberty with verse 41, let me rewrite it like this. Even if the winds and the waves obey him, shouldn't we be wise enough to trust and obey him too? Turn it into a question. Even if the winds and the waves obey him, should we not? Should we not be wise enough to obey and trust him too? Prepare your heart every day to say yes to God and obey. Prepare and position your heart to obey God before he speaks. So when he speaks, you're ready to respond positively. Here's a morning prayer. Say this, God, whatever you say today, I am ready to obey today. Pray that in the morning. God, whatever you say today, I am ready to obey today. That way when you get to that 2 p.m. afternoon Zoom meeting and someone says something that offends you and God speaks into your spirit and says you will not be offended by that. You need to let that go. Normally you wouldn't hear God speaking to you and so you would go off and go down the road of being offended. But because you prayed that prayer in the morning and positioned your sails for obedience ahead of time, you respond immediately to what came into your spirit and you put your flesh down and you say to yourself, nope, not today, Satan. (laughs) Nope, I refuse to be offended. I will forgive. I'm going to move on. Next. You see, you adjusted your sails. But here's a second way that you can adjust your sails. Adjust your sails by positioning yourself for trust. Just like you position yourself for obedience, you know, in the morning time, you can position yourself for trust as well. You see, trust is believing that God has a plan no matter what happens to me today. Trust is believing that no matter what goes on in front of me, God has a plan. Trust is believing that there is nothing that can happen to us or our loved ones. God is not aware of. Trust is believing that God can fix anything and can turn around any situation. Trust is believing that God will comfort you in your mourning and turn ashes into beauty in some way, shape, or form. Trust is not easy because often it means we are going through something traumatic that is out of our control. But here's the morning prayer. God, I don't know what is around the corner, but I know who is around the corner. You are there, and I will trust you to take care of me today and tomorrow, regardless of what I am experiencing. You see, you pray that prayer in the morning. God, I don't know what's around the corner, but I know you are. And whatever it is, I know you're going to take care of me today and tomorrow. That's going to help you when you get to the 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. hour on the job, and they tell you, hey, friend, We're downsizing, and we need you to pack up and go. Wow. You're shocked at first, but because you positioned your sails in that morning prayer, you walk away from that job knowing that God has a plan. Yes, you're shocked, but you believe in your heart that you're going to be just fine. In fact, you begin ministering to people on your way out of the building, thanking them for their help. You are telling them, if you need anything in the future, just let me know. Here's my number. You turn to your supervisor, and you say, thank you for the job I had. I know it had to be a tough decision, but I'm grateful for the time I was employed here. (laughs) People are astounded at your attitude. They don't understand it, but see what they don't know is your morning prayer. You adjusted your sails, not only for obedience, but for, for trust. 
They don't know that you believe that the movement of the Holy Spirit blows where it will. And as long as you're with the Spirit, he's going to take you where you need to go, not where you always feel like you have to stay. Ninety days later, you get a phone call from a search firm telling you that the very company that let you go was just acquired by a bigger competitor and the boss you were working for was also let go. In a unique turn of events, the acquiring company is looking to hire you back under the new company name. And when you return, you will be running the very department you were serving in. And now you're overseeing it, and you're making twice the salary you were making before, including stock options. Aren't you glad you adjusted your sales of trust? The fresh wind of God moved. What are we saying? We're saying that we cannot control anything, including God's spirit in the wind, but we can position and adjust our sales for obedience, for trust, and lastly, adjust for hearing. Position yourself to hear. I told you wind has a sound, it has an, a howl, if you will, but in Acts chapter 2, the believers, they were isolated, praying together as a group, and maybe what you need in order to hear God's Spirit is a time of isolation. Maybe God gave that to you or has given that to you through COVID. Isolation is not always bad. Solitude's not always bad. Silence is not always bad. In fact, sometimes we can hear God so much greater when we are in silence. As one of our brothers was saying just a week or so ago with me in a, in a private meeting, you say, you can't get ready when he comes. You have to be ready when he comes. The wind will blow suddenly. Remember Acts chapter 2, verse 2? Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. 1 Thessalonians 4 says this in 16 and 17, For the Lord himself will come from heaven with a loud command, with the, here it is, voice of an archangel, and with the, here it is, trumpet call of God. This is all hearing language. And the dead in Christ, they can hear will rise first. After that, we who are still left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet them in the what? In the air. Believers will hear the trumpet call of God. Whether unbelievers hear it or not, I don't know. But the dead in Christ will. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52 say, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep but we will all be changed in the flash and in the twinkling of an eye at the last, here it is, trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead in Christ will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. Jesus said in John 10, 4, that his sheep know his voice. Adjust your sails, my friend, and hear the voice of the Lord. Adjust your sails and hear the Spirit of the Lord at a deeper level. Adjust your sails so that you can say, God, I actually see what you're saying. And if you desire the fresh winds of God to carry you toward your destiny of higher heights and deeper depths, 
then adjust your sails to obey, to trust, and to hear God so when the unpredictable winds blow, you will be good to go. Amen and amen. Thank you so much, Dr. Anderson, for that encouraging and convicting word. Let's enter now into a time of prayer to seal everything that was spoken from God's word. We pray first and foremost that you would come, Holy Spirit. Lord, we come before you. We repent, Lord, of all the times that we've tried to live the full and victorious life that you've called us to without the power of your breath and your wind in us, flowing through us, blowing through our lives, Lord. We repent, Lord, for the different lesser forms of power that we've depended on, Lord, rather than depending on the presence and power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that just like you did to Adam in the beginning where you breathed into him, Lord, your wind, your breath, and he became a living being, that you, Lord, wanna, you wanna breathe into some of our lives this morning. You wanna breathe into our marriages. You wanna breathe into our finances. You wanna breathe, Lord, into our family life. You wanna breathe into our work. And we pray, Lord, that you would do that now. We pray, Lord, that you would even now breathe into our lives. I have the image of a boat in the middle of a lake that's still, that's not moving. I pray, Lord, for anyone who feels like that boat, Lord, like they're just sort of stuck in the middle of a lake. They feel no sense of your presence, no sense of your power in their life. We pray, Lord, that just like you did on the day of Pentecost, that you would move like a mighty wind, Lord, that you would continue to move them forward toward the future, towards the destiny that you've prepared for them, towards the good works that you've prepared for them. I pray, Lord, that they would get caught up in and swept up in the movement of your spirit, Lord. And Lord, we ask also uh, just that you would continue to blow through our church. That, Lord, our church, not just the individual members, but that as a body, we would continue to get swept up in what your spirit is doing in the world. We pray, Lord, that we would continue to open ourselves to the new work that you are doing in our time. We pray, God, that you would allow us uh, the faith to, uh, as Dr. Anderson talked about, to put up our sails, Lord, and to be led by you wherever it is that you want to direct us, trusting, Lord, uh, that you know what you're doing and where you're directing us even when we don't. We thank you, Lord, for the power of your spirit at work in our lives and in our church and in our world. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Anderson, for such a powerful word and will for your touching prayer. And I want to share five declarations based on God's word. I declare that Bridgeway will adjust their sails to obey and to trust. I declare that Bridgeway's mature and mighty believers pray every morning and throughout the day to obey like the winds and the waves. I declare that as long as we have the air, the breath of God in our lungs, 
that we will praise him, that we will worship him, and that we will honor him, and that we'll strive to live a life that will glorify him. I declare that Bridgeway will use the air in their lungs to create sounds that will honor and praise him and glorify him as vessels. And finally, I declare Bridgeway will position themselves to hear God, whether it is his gentle touch or his powerful, strong push of the Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening to the Bridgeway Community Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. To learn more about Bridgeway, visit our website at bridgeway.cc. To watch all of our sermons, visit our YouTube channel and make sure you subscribe while you're there. If you'd like to download sermon notes, just click the link in the description. If you'd like to take part in our 30th anniversary challenge, go to bridgeway.cc 30. That's bridgeway.cc T-H-I-R-T-Y. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.